0: Hello, Mississippi and abroad, and welcome to Justify Your Existence, where we talk SEC through the lens of Mississippi. I am Parrish Alford, the Ole Miss beat writer for the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal, and I'm joined by Dalton Middleton, our Mississippi State writer, talking baseball in the program today. Dalton, how are you, man?
1: Parrish, man, I'm all right. I'm, uh, I, I, I kind of wish I was a nationalist. This- weekend though. i've seen a really 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 good baseball series up there or supposed to be a good baseball series but uh you know i'll watch it from the tv sometimes it's a better view than uh as as you can speak for sometimes it's a better view than actually being in the stadium yeah um, I, uh, I have uh i'm just uh excited i'm just uh, excited uh, for some good baseball
0: I have recent experience with uh, television being a a better view of the game. Folks, before we get too deep into the program, I want to thank our partners, the Oxford Park Commission, for coming along for the ride with Justify Your Existence. Summer day camp registration is ongoing at OPC. You can get that done at OxfordParkCommission.com or by visiting the Coach Howell Activity Center Campus for ages five to thirteen costs just three hundred dollars per camper per session. Sessions run June one to twenty five and July five to thirty. Drop off begins each day at seven thirty, and pickup is five thirty. Uh, swimming and outdoor activities, arts and crafts, games—just some of the events that campers will take part in daily. And OPC. Is also looking for lifeguards for the city pool for the summer. The season starts Memorial Day weekend and runs through Labor Day. Candidates must be at least 16 and have a current lifeguard certification. Contact Aquatics Director Jamie Chandler at Jamie at Oxford Park Commission.com with questions. That's J A M I E at Oxford Park Commission.com. Or if you have no questions, just apply online at oxford ms.net yeah dalton i had heard stories man about uh the mississippi state baseball press box fabulous stadium at duty noble field man fabulous ballpark i was seeing it for the first time uh last week seeing it from the inside there um but man i just it, it's baffling that you could build a you know a venue like that and and end up with uh with the press box that you end up with? How, how did they get there, man? What happened there?
1: Uh, you're, asking, you're asking the wrong person there. I was, I was asking the same question whenever I started watching games this year because uh, I had that same seat you were in for the first 25 games of the year. And um, it, it's awful. You know, I don't understand how you could build that stadium like you just said, and, and you build it that, that bad of a press box. And, and I think really it's just like, the back row is either too, too short or it's too far back, or maybe a, bit, maybe a little bit of both because you just can't see anything from those back spots. There's about six good seats there, about yeah. six good seats. And um, if you're not one of the six people, they choose to sit up front you're better off watching from your couch um, because you know, where you are sitting at, you can't see home plate. You can't see third base. You can't see left field. And so, you know, it's just awful. I remember uh, earlier in the season, Cameron James made a great play. He made a diving play on the third base line. Or maybe it was Landon Jordan before he quit. Made just a, a diving play, stabbed it in the dirt, picked it up and threw it to first base. And everybody was tweeting, oh, my gosh, you know, great play, great play, great play. And I'm sitting up there like, yeah, yeah, great play. What happened? I don't know. <laughs> there was a great play, apparently. Um, but, yeah, I don't know how that happens. but. I've luckily got moved up to the front and into the one of the good seats uh, the last few weeks. Yeah, so, uh, I'm just I'm just hoping for the last two series, and then if if when they host a regional uh, that I'm sit up front.
0: Well, I tell you what, um, one thing I noticed that was different covering there at state last weekend is the fact that that Ole misses game operation people, the ops people, media relations, and whatnot. Uh, they are seated in a different press box uh, in Oxford. So they're behind home plate. We're down there on the third baseline, but, you know, by having those folks work somewhere else in the stadium, you at least free up another five or six seats. And uh, look, I mean, the the second row in any press box is, uh, is a little more restricted in the view, but that, that whole setup there just reeks of uh, I don't care, uh, you know, when they built it, I don't care. Here's a box, put some people in here. Uh, it just was no thought given to that at all. But uh, anyway, I, I thought one, one of the uh, one of the young ladies from media relations working the game uh, last weekend, you know, it was crowded because you're playing the rivals, so you got more people in there anyway. And uh, and and she was having to stand up during the game and, and she stood up in front of me and said, I'm so sorry. I said, Look, uh, I said, uh, no problem. I, I said there is absolutely nothing. There is nothing that you can do uh, to make my view worse. You know, so you just stand wherever uh, you're right, where, where, wherever you are, wherever you want. And uh, so interesting that you can fill that stadium and, and have that press box situation like that. Beautiful ballpark and uh, all other aspects. Very, you know, you know, outstanding facility. And I've I've said a lot, Dalton. You've heard me say it. It's just. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's interesting. It's in, you know, that, that Mississippi, I mean, we're, we do college baseball, right. You know, there's good college baseball in Mississippi. And, um, the idea that you could have duty noble field and Swayze field two college baseball stadiums of, uh, of that magnitude in the same state an hour and a half from each other. That's, uh, that's good for Mississippi. And, uh, i see these lists and people talk about well this is the best one or that's the best one that's that's such a subjective list of uh, of any stadium in any sport across the country but i just can't imagine that there would be uh you know, college baseball stadiums that are better you know i i know that in in the modern day here uh you build a new stadium then you have the advantage of looking at trends and and, and what other people have done. And you take a little bit from here and a little bit from there. And, and that's obviously what, uh, what Mississippi state did in, in building the new duty noble field there. Uh, but I just can't imagine that there would be uh you know, two stadiums or a stadium that are uh, nicer than uh, the ones that, uh, that, that we uh, get to see. So that's, that's good news. And, and as far as, uh, you know, not being able to see home plate, you know, Hey, what, what happens at home plate? You know, well, you know, what, what am I missing there at home plate? I'll tell you, uh, not, not enough, uh, not enough happened at home plate, uh, for the rebels last night, uh, in a, uh, five to four loss to LSU in game one of that series and, and familiar themes, Dalton, some of the themes that you saw when state won the series, uh, two games to one last week in Starkville, uh, Ole Miss, uh, struggled in the bullpen and left too many runners on base, left 14 on base. Uh, they hit like, uh, I think, four for 20, uh, something like that with runners on base. And, and, and they got home runs. That's how they got their runs. All four runs came uh, with a long ball, a couple of solo shots, and then a, a two-run shot by Jacob Gonzalez there in the sixth that uh, that gave Ole Miss a 4-2 to two lead. And when when you have a lead that late in the game, you kind of start counting outs, you know, okay, what has to happen now? You know, what's – who's coming up for the other team? You know, how many more times do you have to go through their lineup? Well, uh, evidently it was just uh, no matter how you counted the outs, Ole Miss struggled with those last night. And Mike Bianco handled it differently. Now, a lot of people wondered uh, why he went with Josh Mallitz, uh the freshman, as the first uh, – the first guy out of the bullpen in Starkville. Well, he went straight to his closer last night. He went straight to the guy who has been the most consistent out of the bullpen. And that's Taylor Broadway. You know, before, uh, before last night, everybody was talking about the bridge to Broadway. It's like my new, (coughs) excuse me, my new favorite phrase, Dalton, the bridge to Broadway. You know, how do you, how do you get the game to Broadway? But it didn't matter last night because, they went to Broadway there, uh, in the seventh inning and it just, uh, it just didn't end well. Uh, LSU hit him, uh, hit him hard. I think, uh, maybe, uh, six hits and 11 batters faced, something like that. And, you know, gave up a four to two lead in the seventh. He, he was scoreless in the eighth and the ninth, uh, but they were putting the ball in play and, uh, you know, even the outs uh, at times were hard. Um, so, Broadway gave up the lead, uh too many runners left on base and uh the Ole miss uh goal of uh, of hosting a regional uh is just uh, unraveling uh, as it looks right now. If uh if they come back and win the series, which I think they're very uh capable uh, of doing, you know, then they can you know, at least continue to play for that goal. But uh right now after starting right. 6-0 and with back-to-back sweeps against Auburn and Alabama. They've dropped to 9-7 and in conference play.
1: Yeah, so, you know, I watched a little bit of that game last night, and like you said, the familiar tones. And my exact thought whenever I was watching it was this is the same exact thing that happened on Sunday and what's happened over and over and over again this year. And, you know, you mentioned the bridge to Broadway and how last night they just brought him in. Um, it It makes me think, like, what can – what can Bianco do to to fix this issue with the bullpen or do whatever? And, you know, I'm not going to try to sit here and tell Bianco what to do. He knows his team a lot better than I do. He's a coach and I'm not. But um, it kind of seems like it'd be worth, you know, maybe experimenting with kind of like what Florida did to Ole Miss a few weeks ago is maybe throw one of those bullpen guys out there for two or three innings. You know, maybe try to get two guys to go through three innings or four innings scoreless and then maybe throw D- Doug McKenzie or Gunnar uh, Hoagland out there. Um, to, to finish it off because it just seems like every single time that Ole Miss has a lead midway through the game, late in the game, and they pull this guy, then it's just evaporated instantly. Um, and you know who knows if that even works? You know, I don't know if it would make a difference if you allow the runs in the first inning or if you allow them in the eighth inning. I don't know if it matters too much. But uh, I just I was sitting here thinking, like, you know, what can this team do to improve this? Because it's just it's just A recipe for failure right now every single game just game after game after game um and i honestly don't know you know that could be something they experiment with or maybe just trying some different guys out of the bullpen that maybe haven't gotten a chance because you know you you bring in broadway's been good but you know the last two weeks he's given up a couple big big hits um and of course like the josh malitz kid has got shelled the last two times he's been in there but you know there's got to be somebody in that bullpen that they haven't they haven't thrown out there that could go out there and Maybe just eat up one inning, you know, two outs or something. That that's, that's possible. They just got to kind of find them.
0: Well, yeah, there's not really a name that they haven't tried, other than Jack Darty, the freshman who had a great debut against Austin P. With two scoreless innings, he faced six batters and struck out five. That was Austin P. He was the starting pitcher. Uh, in the non-conference this week against Little Rock and got hit a little bit and gave up uh, at least one run, Uh, looked more more human. Um, It's a big jump from your first uh, college baseball appearance to getting in there with a game on the line in an SEC weekend. (coughs) Excuse me. But um, I don't know, maybe he's one who you at least give a shot for an inning you know, or a couple of batters here or there, but by and large, I just don't think the answer, you know, for this season is going to be someone who emerges that oh, you haven't heard of. Uh, I think, uh, I think like you, like you say, and I agree. I think these coaches see their players, and they they have a really uh, good idea of what they have, and you know, they're going to use use these guys the way they want to use them. He is a name. Maybe he's a name who. <clears throat> who you give an opportunity to uh, some point during an SEC series. The idea of uh, starting uh, the bullpen guys, you know, you don't see that a lot. Uh, I think there's some merit there. Lots of times it takes hitters uh, – you talk about one time through the order. You know, you, you get to see that pitcher the first time, then you come up in your second at bat and you, you make some adjustments. And, you know, and, and sometimes that's when you see uh, offenses – Begin to heat up. You don't typically don't typically see teams put up a five spot in the first inning. You know that's not typically how that that plays out. I think that's something you could do. <clears throat> and uh, look, it, it maybe it's time uh, for Mike Bianco to look at the, at something like that. But it's uh, it, it's it's a frustrating situation for Ole Miss fans because uh, right now they're seeing the same problems. Repeat themselves, uh, the uh, the hitting with runners on base uh, problem. You know, we were talking to Kevin Graham last night, and I said, "Look, man, I, you know, it's can you practice that? I mean, how do you practice it? How do you work to get better at that? I mean, it's it's so different uh, a game at bat, a conference series." Than batting practice, he said. I don't know how you work that, you know. And, and you know, he said, I thought we did a good job of uh, of setting up the innings, and uh, eventually uh, we're going to come around and we're going to get those those hits. And look, they they got those hits one game out of three in Starkville, and they win that game. They win that game going away. I mean, Doug Nacasi was the story in Game Two uh, in Starkville, a nine inning complete game, just totally dominant. But uh, the Ole Miss offense was overlooked. 17 hits in that game. They did hit with runners on base. Uh, but they've got to become more consistent there.
1: Yeah, and I, I agree completely. Um, but, you know, when I, when I look at this Ole Miss team, the, the hitting with runners in scoring position isn't what stands out to me when they're struggling like this. Yeah, that, that's a, that is a huge issue. But, um, you know, like you said on Saturday, whenever last Saturday with Nikhazy's game, we saw them hit with runners in scoring position. The thing that that worries me with Ole Miss right now, and as I watch more and more games of them later in the season, I'm sitting here like thinking, you know, this team has the starting pitching to go deep. You know, make a make a run in Hoover. If they make it to, you know, super regional make it to Omaha, they have a they have a starting pitching to uh, um to to make a decent run. But I'm sitting here thinking like, you know, if and I don't want to insult any of these bullpen guys, but, like, you know, if if your best bullpen guy is coming out there and allowing three runs every single time he comes out there, then, like, you're not going to make a deep run. I mean, it's going to be nearly impossible unless your pitchers can throw complete games or your offense finds a a groove, like you are kind of mentioning a minute ago, and just out-slugs everybody. Because the the way that the bullpen is performing the last few weeks, it's just, you know, it's impossible for them to be – to think or to even be successful with a deep run, you know, that there's no way they're going to be able to play four or five games in a week or something like that. Like they may, if they try to make a run to Hoover Um, because it's just, you know, if you, you know, the one of those days you're going to end up having a Johnny Holstaff day and that, that's not going to be successful. If you yeah. give up, you know, 15 runs or 18, 14 runs like they did against Arkansas a few weeks ago, you know, it's just, uh I don't know. That, that's the way I'm looking at it. it it's just, it's going to be tough for me to sit here and, you know, categorize on Miss as a, as, a, as a real threat in the uh, SEC tournament or something like that when their yeah. bullpen is as struggling as it is?
0: Well, starting pitching has been good, and it was good last night with Derek Diamond, a surprise starter for Gunnar Hoagland when uh, Hoagland was found to have a little more stiffness than he would normally have at uh, this stage of the week. It was a Thursday game. It was a little earlier uh, to go ahead and start him, uh, a little bit less rest. So they decided to hold Hoagland. They haven't said definitively uh, if he will pitch this weekend, but they they did kind of downplay. Oh, it was just a little stiffness. Well, we'll, we'll see. Still don't know if Gunnar Hoagland will be used uh, in this series against LSU, but uh, Diamond uh, pitched well. Uh, he gave up two unearned runs in the first inning when there were three errors around him, and LSU took a two-to-nothing lead. Then he put up uh, – five straight scoreless innings. Uh, the run was charged to him in the seventh. He gave up a leadoff double, so there was one run charged to him there, uh, one earned run. Uh, again, that was allowed when Broadway came in and, and inherited uh, – he inherited the runner. He didn't strand the runner, which, you know, ideally is what you want from your your top reliever. But uh, anyway, uh, game two uh, tonight at six at Swayze Field. Uh, LSU leads the series one to nothing. Talk to me about Mississippi State and Vanderbilt uh, – Dalton, um, as I look at this series, I just don't see a great chance for success uh, for the Bulldogs based on what I've seen from them offensively uh, and knowing the depth of this Vanderbilt pitching staff, for particularly those first two guys, Kumar Rocker and, and Jack Leiter.
1: Yeah, and I feel the same way. When we talked to Chris Lamonis yesterday, and he had mentioned uh, that it's really, really hard to get – some scoring opportunities against this guy because it's really hard to get, you know, three hits really. It takes about three hits to get a run or extra base hit, obviously home run one hit, but um, you haven't seen many times this season where this Mississippi state offense has gotten three hits in a row. You know, there's been a few innings, you know, you think of maybe like that, that Sunday game against Ole Miss last week where they, you know, they hit six, five, six hits in one inning, but you don't see that very often with this team. Um, And, you know, when you're not seeing that against pitchers that aren't as good as Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter, it kind of, you're worried about like, you know, what are they going to do against Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter? Um, Cause you know, Doug Nikhazy is, is a fantastic pitcher, all American pitcher, but you know, he, he's not, he's not Kumar Rocker. Um, and, and so if State can get a few hits here, you know, or maybe get an extra base hit, score a couple runs early, um, You know, maybe try to get just work this guy's pitch counts up a little bit and get him out of the game, they'll have a chance. But um, it just seems really tough. You know, I'm sitting here thinking, if State can just win one out of three, if they can just win one game, maybe it's that Sunday game when the starter's not quite as good as the first two. But if they can just win one out of three this weekend, uh, they're in really good shape going forward. Um, because the last four series are winnable series, and, and some of them are sweepable series, um, but they just can't afford to get swept because that'll put them at what ten and ten and eight in the SEC, and then you know all of a sudden two weeks from now you got to travel to South Carolina, and it just it gets a little rough. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 a weird series to look at because Kumar and Jack Leiter have both been hit a little bit. You know, you look at their I was looking at their stats and. Um, they both had one bad game. You know, yeah. Kumar allowed like six earned runs in a loss. Jack Leiter, I think, allowed four earned runs in a loss, which he didn't get the loss. The next pitcher got the loss. But um, so they they there's both been teams where they have been hit, but outside of those two games, they each have nine starts this season. Um, I know they uh, so in the two games that they had that were bad, they allowed nine or ten earned runs, and the rest of the season they've allowed six combined. So it's just like you know, if they're having, if they're not having a bad day, they're they're nearly unhittable. So it's uh, you know, maybe state takes the right approach to the plate. I'm not sure. You know, their 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 hitting has been better as of late, but uh, the bottom of the lineup still struggles. Um, and if the bottom of the order is not getting hits like they maybe they did in that Sunday game against Ole Miss, then it could be a long night, and a really long night for the for the Bulldogs in Nashville tonight.
0: Let's just say uh, Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter are on their game in game one and in, in their, in the games they pitch. Uh, and, and the script follows like uh, we think it will. And, and state doesn't get the hits and, and they, they, they don't surprise uh, and pick off a win against one of those two guys. How does this Mississippi state team uh, stack up uh, for game three? Um, is it uh, Fristow, The I, I thought Ole Miss hit him a little bit there uh in his start in game three and uh just generally how do you think they respond they're trying not to get swept you get to that third game and you haven't won how do they respond to that pressure
1: yeah and it, it will it will be first on sunday and um luckily the thing for state is like the the bullpen is so deep that uh even in games where you know like in friday if they lost or saturday they lost you can bring in a couple guys like like cam toller that pitched um on saturday against Ole miss who you know, may not be that guy that comes out of the bullpen with a one run lead, but he'll come out there and eat up innings and save those guys for the next day. So, you know, it's very possible that State could go out there and, you know, if they lose, you know, two nothing, four nothing, six nothing, ten nothing, whatever on Friday, Saturday, that um that they save their best arms for Sunday in case Fristo does get hit again because Fristo is a very good pitcher, but he's also a true freshman who's already thrown way more innings than he ever had in a season in his life, you know, especially at the high school level. So, um, you know, you, you've seen he was really good to start the season. And as you've seen the, the season progress, you know, of course, his arm is probably not used to this level of work. So you start seeing a couple more people get hits off of him, especially in SEC play. Um, but you know, if, if everything goes the way that we think it might, um, it's very possible that State has all that. On, on on Sunday, Sunday to win uh, that game. And, uh, we'll see if that happens, if that or, happens not. or not, but, a you know, good, good job, a good job this year of this year, not, giving not giving up, giving you know, up even up whenever they're down, 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 you know, not being down, not down, not down, down because you think Tulane, loo- they lose that Friday game. They just get shut down by that All-American pitcher. Um, and then Saturday, I think they're losing, end up hitting a walk-off in the ninth. Um, and then there's a couple games where they just like the, – the, as they're losing, as the game progresses, they look better and better. And so I don't know, but they haven't had to, they haven't had to face a series. You know, the only series they had to face where they were facing getting swept was Arkansas. And uh, there was no stopping Arkansas that season. Nobody – that weekend, nobody was stopping them. They were – they came uh, ready to play. And it didn't matter if you had a uh, – you know – if you had a Chris sale or, you know, Shane Bieber up there, throwing to him, throw you know, whoever you want to pick as your ace in the MLB, they were hitting 10 home runs that weekend. That was just how they were hitting that weekend. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a good series. Hopefully. I think the games can be really close, especially if McLeod and Bednar are back on their games and uh, McLeod struggled, but fought through it last weekend. Bedner struggled, but did not fight through it last weekend. Um, And so if those guys are kind of on their game, this could end up being a really, really good series.
0: Folks, that'll wrap us up for this edition of Justify Your Existence, the podcast talks SEC through the lens of Mississippi. You can check out Dalton and me at djournal.com. Find that drop-down menu on the left. Scroll down to the Ole Miss and Mississippi State pages and watch the stories flow. We're on Facebook as well, Ole Miss Discussion with Parrish Alford, Mississippi State Discussion with Dalton Middleton. Thanks for joining us, folks. Come back and uh, check us out again on Monday.